Hi, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Welcome to my podcast. This is episode 19, and today I want to talk about teenagers and trust and keeping uh, our children safe from the dangers of the world. It's really a... Uh, an extension of my last podcast where I was talking about books and uh, children. Should we preview everything our children are reading? Can we trust children to make the right decisions when it comes to their own reading matter? This can be applied to movies and computer use, the internet as well. There are a lot of dangers out there in the world and can children be trusted to make the the right decision when it comes to deciding what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. And I thought today that I would ask my daughters, Charlotte, who's 17, and Imogen, who's just turned 20, if they would join me today and talk about these issues and give us some examples in their own lives of how we handle these topics. Now, the idea to do this came the other day. Uh, we had a morning at home, and all our children were ho- were home, and I settled myself down in the living room with a book, and it didn't take very long for all of our kids sort of to follow me in, see what I was doing. It tends to happen that way. Wherever I sit, they tend to follow me, and we congregate together, which is really rather nice. And before long, we were sitting there with cups of coffee, enjoying a good conversation. The conversation did turn to my podcast and the kids gave me their views on trust and teenagers and I thought, well, perhaps we could come back this week and talk about this further, maybe replicate that conversation that I had with my children. So, yes, on to the interview. I've got Imogen and Charlotte here with me and, yeah, we'll move on and see what they have to say. Imogen and Charlotte for joining me today to talk about children and safety, keeping children safe from the dangers of the world. Now, you do think that the world is a dangerous place, that there are dangers out there that can harm children. Yes, we do. You do? You agree with that? So that parents should take these dangers seriously. Oh yes, they definitely should. So it's part of their duty as parents to keep children safe. Yes. Okay then, so so the things I'm thinking about are things like books and movies, uh, computers, so the internet, phone conversations, that type of thing. Oh, yes. So we could talk about that today? Yes. Now, I was speaking about books on my last podcast, right? This is how, where this conversation is coming from. And I found myself having to write very long comments on my blog explaining what happens in our family, what, how we keep you safe from the dangers of the world. And it made me think that in a podcast, I hadn't uh, said enough that it would be good to get together with you two and to ask you a few questions and to talk around the subject a bit more. Okay? Yeah. So that's that's what we're going to do. Give a sort of a, a, a bit better understanding of how unschooling works when we're talking about keeping children safe. Now, in preparation for this uh, chat that I'm having with you, I went on the internet and I did a bit of Googling to find out how other parents keep their children safe from the dangers of the world. See what they're suggesting, okay? Just get an idea of what other people are doing because they're obviously, most people are doing something very different from what we're doing. So I want to have a look and see, you know, are the other methods of keeping children safe working? Yeah? Yeah. 
it seems to me that most people, parents are keeping a very close eye on what their children read and what they watch, what, and their time on the internet has to be very closely supervised. Everybody is saying, do not let children have unsupervised time on the computer. Make sure the computer is in an area of the house where the parents can see the screen at all times, that type of thing. So most parents are being very diligent about uh, policing their children's activities in dangerous areas. Now, most of these parents, I imagine, would read books before they offered them to their children, just to make sure that they're safe. Yes? Yes. You heard about people doing that, parents? Oh, yes. Yes. So, I guess the parents have to be very fast readers, don't they, <laughs> to keep up with uh, children who are reading, because I do know that, that children are prolific readers. Now, we're talking about older children here, just to put the record straight. We're not talking about little children, are we? No, we're not. Teenagers, probably. Yeah. yeah, when teenagers are moving away a little and want to do their own thing, it's very easy, I think, to keep little children safe. Their world is so small, isn't it, that they're not looking out to, uh, outside the home very much and they're not likely to come into a lot of dangers that teenagers uh, meet. Do you agree? I would agree with that. Yeah. So we're definitely talking about older children, teenagers. Now, in my travels around the internet looking for information on keeping children safe, I came across a website with spyware so that parents can spy on their children's uh, computer activities if they're not looking over their shoulder. There's a record there that they can access later on and also spy on their phone messages, their emails, things like this. What do you think about that? That parents spying on children, is it necessary? Should it be allowed? I don't think it should be allowed, and I know as a young person, when I was a teenager, I would not have wanted my parents to do that. I've heard about children who have had their their parents use spyware on them, and they feel it is a great, great invasion of their privacy. They don't want someone looking over their shoulder all the time. They want to be trusted. They want their parents to trust them enough that... They won't look over their shoulder. They don't have to keep a record of everything their child is doing. So you think spying on children breaks down trust between a, a parent and a child and will ultimately damage the relationship between them? Yes, I do. Right, some parents would say that this is such a big issue, keeping children safe, that spying is justified. Yeah? that it doesn't really matter what the child thinks of the parent, that they just want to keep the, the child safe. And ultimately, the child is going to recognize that the parents cared so much that they only did it be to keep them safe. I can see where the parent is coming from. I don't really agree with the sentiment. And I know the teenagers who I've heard of with this problem haven't agreed with it either. So some parents would say, well, we have to do unpopular things because we're the parents. It's our duty. Um, we're not interested in being friends with our uh, children, our teenagers, uh, because yeah, that's just not the role. The role is to be a parent, and that means keeping children safe regardless of what they have to do to do that. I've, I've heard that opinion, and I think, yes, parents need to keep their children safe, but there is another way. You don't have to be the policeman. So I guess that's the point, isn't it? Some parents think that there is no other way, but do you, we think there is? Yes, we yes. do. Definitely? Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, before we go on to what that other way is, because that's definitely what we're talking about in this interview today, we want to tell people about another way, don't we? Yes. Is that 
let's look at some of the, the their downside of policing children's uh, activities, uh, beside the fact of spying, yeah? Yes. If it was just keeping a child safe, and it worked, and it kept the child safe, and we damaged our relationships with the child, but it worked. So we might say, well, this is all worthwhile. But do you think this does work, policing children's activities? No, actually, no. No? no? So they're damaging their relationships, and it's not working anyway. Yes, I mean, you spy on your children's computers, they go on another person's computer and do their, and do whatever they want to keep private. You ban their books, they will read their books in another place. Spying on them and policing everything they do is just going to make them do these things secretly. It's not really going to stop them. So it's going to make uh, teenagers deceptive. Yes. And, uh, yeah, there's always a way around these things, aren't there? Oh, yes, especially now with um, so much technology and such and teenagers having so much more freedom to go places. You can't police them when they're not at home. So the only way to do it is keep them at home. Exactly. Keep them in the same room as you. Yes, I mean, you could tell them, don't read this book, and they could go to the library and read it. So, Charlotte, have you seen books in the library that you feel are unsuitable for children, uh, for teenagers to read? Yeah. Such as? Vampire books. So you wouldn't read those? No. And I guess a lot of parents wouldn't want their children reading them, but they could just go to the library and read them, couldn't they? They could sit there in full view in public and read those books. Easily. There's dozens of them. Right, so unless a parent is willing to follow their child around, they can't really be sure. And then they could be suspicious, though, couldn't they? Oh, they could. And they could be checking up on them, and they could, uh, where have you been, what have you been doing? And that doesn't do a relationship any good, does it? Oh, no. Now, I've got a couple of stories about, these are real-life stories, people I know, that show that parents cannot keep... a close eye on their children at all times even when that child is in a house in their own home and one of them the teenage son would get up in the middle of the night and use the computer while his parents were asleep they put locks on the computer they put programs on the computer to stop him using it he got through every single barrier and spent time on that computer so do you think that do you believe that story oh yes yeah Yes. Totally believable. It is. Uh, teen- teenagers are clever people, aren't they? If they want something, they will find a way around anything you can put in front of them. So this spyware and the, these uh, locks that people put on computers and the, all the programs say that they can all be bypassed. Teenagers are clever people. Yes, very clever. If they want to do something, they'll find a way of doing it. The other story I have sounds very unbelievable too, but I, I heard this one directly from the mother who uh, she told me about her sons. There she had uh, put a code on, a password code on the computer so her sons couldn't play computer games without supervision. And they put a video camera in a prominent, in a, uh, not a prominent position, in a, uh, a position where it could catch the screen of the computer, but the, the mother was unaware of where the computer was. And they filmed the mother putting the password in to the computer. And so they looked at the video later on, found the password, and they got in. <laughs> and, yeah, I felt, well, this is not believable, but she told me that. And they got in, and they felt really quite clever about it. She could not keep her children away from the computer. So you're sitting here quite amused by this story, and I get the feeling that you're on the side of the teenager here, that you, uh, <laughs> yeah, you think this is a great story, hey? It makes for a great story, definitely. It does, doesn't it?
Okay, so let's get back to the that other way of keeping children safe, shall we? Yes, let's do that. Now, the method that we've been talking about, about policing children's activities to keep them safe, is control is coming from the parent, isn't it? From outside the child. Yes, that's right. So the child is safe as long as the parent is there policing those activities. Once the parent has gone, then the child is free to do what they like and will get into, could get into all sorts of trouble. Yes? Yes. Now, in the way that we're talking about, control comes from within the child. It's self-motivated, yes? Yes. A child chooses not to engage in certain dangerous activities. They know what is right and what is wrong, what is appropriate and what is not appropriate, and they can be trusted whether the parent is there or not. Yeah? Yes. And do you think that's a better way of doing things, Charlotte? Yes. Now, the the problem I think a lot of people will have with this is that they'll say that a child cannot make the distinction between what is right and what is wrong, that they can't be trusted to make the right appropriate choice. Do you think that they can? Yes, I firmly believe that. Yep, you think you can make the right choice, Charlotte? I believe so. Yes. So so if we do believe that a child can knows what's right and wrong, then off they go to the library, they have a look through the books, they can make the right decision for themselves, can't they? They can. Yep, if we believe they can do it. All right, how, so how, do, um, how can we get to the situation where a child does know what is appropriate and inappropriate? Is it a case of a parent just saying, go, go and read what you like, listen to what you like, watch what you like, I trust that you will make the right decision? Is it that easy? No, it's not. It takes a lot to build a relationship. It's all about the relationship you have with your child. Needs to have trust and respect and the ability to have a conversation with your child about what's important. So it's not as easy as saying, go off, choose your own books, I trust you can make the right decision. It goes as far as what values have you given your child? Because you need to have a relationship with your child where you can share the values and share what you believe is right and wrong and help them grow their sense of right and wrong through that sharing. And then once the child has has shared in your values and they're learning that you know what is right what is wrong then they can go out and they can use that when they're reading books or on the internet and they can go oh this book it doesn't feel right to me it doesn't fit the values that I have picked up I'm not going to read this but before the child can do that you have to build your relationship built on your trust and respect for the child a relationship which you can have those conversations and pass on those values. So I was going to say, why shouldn't should children listen to their parents rather than from people outside the family, their friends and other people in the community? Why should they listen to their parents? But it's all to do with that relationship that their parents have built up with their children. Yes, that's right. So it's not as easy as it sounds, does it? It does take a lot of effort and a lot of time to build up a relationship. Now, a lot of people say, well, we're not unschooling, but we have a good relationship with our child. What do you think are the uh, essential things that you have have to be you know between the parent and the child to make a difference? Well, between the parent and the child, they each need to trust and respect each other. So everybody agrees children need to trust their parents. They need to respect what they say. But the same is true for parents. Parents need to trust their children and respect what their children say, because when you grow up to be a teenager. You want to be treated as an adult. You can think, you can reason, you can make decisions, and you want that to be acknowledged by your parents. So it's not just 
a child-parent relationship that they want. They want an adult-to-adult relationship. They want to be able to talk to parents and have a discussion and have an opinion and not be put down as a child, you don't know anything because you're not old enough. So the difference is like parents can be very good at lecturing their children. They can sit them down and say, I think this is what's wrong with this book, blah, 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 and this is why I don't want you to read or you know, read it. But there's no dialogue there between the parent and the child. It's just the, the parent laying down the law that should allow for the child to have uh, their opinions as well and to listen, you think? Yes. Because a lot of parents do say, I tell my child what's wrong with this. And I, I suppose they expect them to absorb that with full stop. They've, the parent has spoken and that's all that matters. Yes, whereas well most of the time it's a lot better to have a conversation about it and you know discuss it and hear from the child's point of view and you know, give some feedback on what you th- on their opinion and you know what you think what they think and talk it out together because you tell them something and they just feel like oh you laying down the law again put the foot down whatever you talk to them they feel like they're being respected and valued and they're far more likely to listen what, to what you have to say because you're listening to what they have to say Okay, now perhaps girls, we can talk about what happens in our family. Give an example of the way things happen. Now, you read a lot of books, don't you? Yeah. (laughs) Now, I couldn't possibly keep up with all the things that you read. If I did, I wouldn't do much else. Yes? Yes, that's right. (laughs) Okay, so Charlotte, tell us about what happens when we go to the library. Well, Imogen and me generally work together to collect some books. We'll look at the back cover. Sometimes we'll look inside. It looks interesting and there's nothing really obviously wrong with it. We will borrow it. Right. But then when we'll take the books home and we'll start reading it. And generally within the first two or three chapters, we can tell whether it's going to be an appropriate book for us to read, can't we? Yeah. And then if it isn't, it's back in the basket and we'll try something else. So the books that you're reading, you're learning to get the subtle messages, obviously, as well, because some things don't jump out at you on the first page, do they? Yes, that's right. It's not always easy to tell from the very first page whether the book is going to be appropriate. You've got to read some of it. And then when you start to get this feeling, it's not even sometimes a specific thing. It's sometimes it's a feeling, this book doesn't feel right. I won't read it. And what we're learning to do is just make that decision, it doesn't feel right, I won't read it. So that makes that sort of impresses me, the fact is that uh, the, the subtle messages you're picking up rather than just this is a vampire book so I'm not going to ha- read it or this book has got bad language on the first page so I'm not going to read it so you're making even more uh, subtle decisions about the book as you're reading it aren't you yes because uh, writers can subtly influence children can't they there's not all in your face type danger oh yes definitely yeah yeah okay now imagine you were tell- telling me about your 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 standard, how you, the standard you and Charlotte have for books about you know whether I you could come and t- talk to me about it. So tell me about that. Well, we have a very easy way of telling whether a book is going to be appropriate or not, and you look at it and you say, "Could I take this to Mum? Could I show this to her?" And if I don't feel comfortable with that, if I feel there's something in the book that I couldn't show you, then I wouldn't read it. Not because I'm afraid of what you might say or think or. F- you know, afraid of you being angry with me, but because I trust that you know what is right. And if you wouldn't think this is right, then I trust it's not right for me to read. So you wouldn't be tempted to go and read that privately? No, I wouldn't. No. So I can trust you. Yes, you can. That's good. <laughs> now, 
we haven't talked anything about movies, and I know a lot of people um, yeah, are very concerned about what their children are watching, but we tend to watch movies as a family, don't we? We do. I mean, Charlotte and I watch a fair amount of movies, but we always watch them with people, so we're not going off and watching movies on our own without people knowing what we're seeing. Yeah, and we choose to do that because it's more enjoyable to watch them with people, isn't it? Oh, yes. So sitting down, having a family, well, not even just a family movie night, because some of the movies that you watch really aren't appropriate for the younger ones. There are more adult movies, M-rated ones. That, they're quite all right for you lot to watch. And Dad and I will watch them with you, won't we? Oh, yes. So it's all good fun, and we all know what each other is watching, so there's no problem there at all, is there? You're not sneaking out to watch movies at the cinema uh, that we don't know about. So when we go to the cinema, you usually invite everybody along anyway, don't you? It's all above and aboard, you know, out in the open. Yes. Now, some people have said to me, Charlotte, how do you know what your children are reading? And even if I trust you, how do I know what you're reading? Ask them. Ask them. <laughs> you think that if I came up to you and said, Charlotte, what are you reading? You'll give me an honest answer. Yeah, why should I hide it? Right, so that's the easy way to do it, isn't it? We know we don't have to spy. We don't have to... Yeah, police what you're reading, you will tell me. Yeah, that's easy as that. It's yeah, nice and clean and easy, hey? Yeah. <laughs> now, I do know from looking around the internet that there'll be an awful lot of people who will just not agree with anything we've said today, even though I'm sitting here with my teenage daughters and we've been chatting about this. They might not believe that it really works, and uh, especially in their, they don't want to do it in their family. Um, they might even not believe that we're responsible. And to have people disagree with us, it, 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 it stops and makes you think sometimes, do I really believe in what we're doing? Am I really irresponsible? And I, I really think that what we're doing works, doesn't it, Imogen? Yes? I think that's right. We yes. have a really good close relationship in our family, a very joyful one, and we have no problems, do we? And I sit down and I'm not going to sit on the fence or I'm not going to change my mind about this. I am 100% sure that what we're doing works with you girls, with you, you know, with our family, and there is no reason to be apologetic about it. And, yeah, it, that's the way it is, isn't it? I think so. But I don't think that everybody, even if they're sitting here listening, will choose to unschool in this way, because I think that this is just a very, very big issue. It's like education. A lot of people like the idea of unschooling, but a child's education is such a big issue. People think that there's only, they've only got one chance to get things right, and they don't want to go the relatively untested way of unschooling, which involves a lot of trust. They haven't, they can't work their way up to that amount of trust. So I think that maybe people would listen and think, well, it all sounds good on, on the surface of it, yes, but it's not for me. I don't want, I don't think that I could trust enough with this big issue. Yeah, what if something goes wrong? What if that trust is misplaced? I could never, um, Forgive myself if something went wrong. I don't think anything's going to go wrong, do you, Imogen? I don't think so. It hasn't th gone wrong yet. No, but I think that's a big stumbling block. And some people w w just won't be able to get over that one. But I think that's okay. I think just like unschooling isn't for everybody, unschooling in a parenting way isn't as well. So I'm not out here to say, go on, you've got to do this. But just to share a few ideas, to give a, a bit of an example of how it works in our family, just to open up discussion about these issues. And if people choose not to follow the way we're doing things, I think that's quite all right, isn't it? I think so. Everybody has to make their own decisions. 
um, depending on who they are, the personalities in their family, and yeah, make their own decisions. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? We make our own decisions, and we've chosen to unschool in this way. Yep. Yeah. Well, I think that we've said enough there, haven't we? So I'd just like to thank you both for joining me today. It's been a very interesting conversation, and I hope that other people also have found it interesting to listen to you. Thank you. As usual, I'll be putting together some program notes, which I'll be putting up on my blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. So if you're interested, please hop over to my blog and have a look. Also, you can find me on Facebook, um, on my Sue Elvis Writes Facebook page, and you're welcome to come over there and join in with my online community. And if you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do that through iTunes. So I would just like to say thank you to everybody who has listened to my podcast today. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I'll be back next week with another one. And until then, trust, respect, and love unconditionally.